0: We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. I have a sister named Rhonda. Uh, She's not my blood sister, she's my god sister. Uh, She's been in my life and been a big sister to me since I was about 12 years old. And she's played a big part of my life of encouraging me and being there for me and somebody that I can talk to. And I remember earlier, uh, probably about 15, 16 years or so ago, we were hanging out and spending time together And we were talking, had to be about church stuff just because of what she said to me. And she said something, this is what she said. She says, Robert, you're self-righteous and you need to deal with that. And I'm like, whoa. And my initial response is, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not self-righteous. And we're kind of bickering, going back and forth. Uh, But there's something about me. If you say something like that, especially coming from her, I know that she loved me and she cared about me. It was something that I would think about. And I remember later that night thinking to myself, like, am I self-righteous? And I was like, I don't even know what self-righteous is. And I had to, I had to look it up and I had to, to learn and to study. What is self-righteous? Why, why is she calling me that? And it's not somebody that doesn't like me. She loves me. So it has to be something to it. And, and uh, I, what I didn't realize is I was dealing with something that was a giant that, that would rear its ugly head in my life from time to time until I slayed this giant. And the giant was called pride that I was dealing with pride. I had pride in my heart and the way that I was looking at other people, looking down at other people, identifying the sins of others. We're not dealing with my own sin, that I was being self-righteous and I was being prideful. Pride is a tricky one. The reason that Pride can be so tricky is that it's not always obviously a problem. It's not always as obvious as some of the other sins in our life. As a lot of times in the world that we live in, pride can be seen as an attribute, something that is a positive like, oh, he has, he, 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 takes such pride in his work. You know, it sounds like a positive thing growing up playing sports. They tell you play with some pride. I used to think that when I'm on the field, like we're losing this game and my mom is watching. We need to play with some pride. Uh, and, and aren't you proud of your son? Aren't you proud of your wife? Aren't you proud of the job that you have done? And all these things were always positive to me. It was pride and being proud and doing things in a, pride way was something that I was supposed to do. And I realized as a believer, as I've learned, as I've grown, uh, as, I have, as I begin to mature, uh, that God doesn't see pride the same way that the culture sees pride. The culture says uh, all those wonderful things. You ought to be proud of your son. I've had people come to me and ask me when my son did something good, man, aren't you proud of your son? And I say, I'm really thankful for him. And I'm really appreciative of for him and I'm amazed that he did that because I realized that me saying that I'm proud of him would basically be saying hey look at what I did and the way that I can address that I'm not proud that I'm grateful and I'm thankful that even what I've done in his life has come from God so all of the glory goes to God the fact that I am a good father And I do love my son and I do love my daughters and I do spend time with them. And when they uh, carry out the things that I've taught them, it's not a sense of pride, but it's a sense of humility of thank you, God, for allowing me to be able to teach them in that capacity. So you don't have to be proud. You can be thankful and you can be grateful. Uh, In Proverbs chapter 6 Uh, Verse 16, it talks about some things that God hates. And the first thing that it says in verse 17, it says that God hates haughty eyes. Haughty eyes would be an arrogant way that we look at the world. And haughty eyes are an arrogant man's window into the world. The way that he looks down on people from his lofty perch of his own superiority. You can look down on people uh, with a from, from, from a place of pride. You begin to think that you're better than someone else. If you think that you're better than anyone else, you're dealing with pride. And that needs to be addressed. Um, you know, you 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 have these self-made pedestals and you 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 think that you're better not just than people but you can get to the point where you think that you're better than your creator. And you might say, Well I don't think I'm better than God, but you can ask yourself now, do you ever get to the point where you feel like you don't need God? You ever feel like you are the prize that God is after? And that's actually not the case, but you should humble yourself and recognize that we are all sinners and we need a savior and our savior is God. We're going to be coming out of first Peter chapter five, verses five through seven. In first Peter chapter five, um, it, it, starting at verse five, it says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you with humility toward one another and for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he might exalt you So this scripture is telling the young people that we should clothe ourselves with humility for one another. And it says that God opposes the proud. When I I hear that scripture, when I read it and it said God opposes, it gets my attention. It should get yours. Because the thing that I know about God is that God is sovereign. God means he can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. He doesn't answer to us. He would never sit on trial and, and answer my questions, but he is sovereign. He is without judgment from people, and not only is he sovereign, but he is omnipotent. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. He can do anything. He is powerful to do anything, and he does not answer to us. So an all-powerful God who can do whatever he wants opposes something. And when you see those words in scripture, stop and pay close attention because you want to make sure that you don't find yourself on the other side of what God opposes. And it tells us very clearly in uh, verse number five, it said, God opposes the proud. Mm. That's hardcore. That means if you are proud that you are God's opposition, you are his opponent, you cannot win that battle. You never want to find yourself on the other side fighting against someone and you look up and the one that you're fighting against is the almighty God. So that's why I'm telling you that pride is a very important giant not to be ignored, that we need to slay this giant because it is literally an enemy to God, that God hates the, the proud. The Bible says that he hates a proud look. It, 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 he literally hates pride. So, we want to deal with um, uh, four reasons why we need to slay pride. Uh, verse number six it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. So, when I think about the pride, when I think about someone who was proud and who, who deals with pride, the scripture tells us to humble ourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so as a humble person, I would be able to put myself under the mighty hand of God, but when pride is in my heart, I'm not able to hum- humble myself under the mighty hand of God and God has a desire that his hand would be on my life and that he would be in control and that his power and his authority would be the thing that is controlling and and, and, and dictating and molding me. I would not be able to humble myself and have the mighty, powerful hand of God on my life. Point number one is pride opposes God's power and God's might. It literally goes against God's authority and God's ability to do things in your life. Humbling uh, ourselves under his mighty hand goes against pride. Pride says that I am beside God or I don't need God. We need to address that. That is serious. You might say, well, that's not what I'm thinking and that's not what I'm feeling. But that's what pride says. I'm here to tell you that's how God looks at pride and I'm not here to bash anybody. I'm not here to beat anybody up. And I started out telling you that I I dealt with pride and I deal with pride. Why? Because I'm human. I'm human. And it's something that we deal with, but it's something that definitely needs to be addressed. So so let's go back to verse six. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he might exalt you. So it's telling me that if I humble myself under the mighty hand of God at the proper time, he would exalt me. So what is the opposite of being exalted? The extreme opposite of being exalted would be being destroyed. (laughs) Point number two is pride destroys people. Pride comes before fall. What happens when you fall? You fall from a high place. The fall takes place generally in the public and people see you. How many people have we seen fall from grace because of their pride and because of their arrogance? And they think that they were above the law, above reproach, above uh, morality and ethics, that they could do what it is that they wanted to do and they were not willing to humble themselves. Pride doesn't allow us to be, listen, pride does not allow us to be at the right place at the right time, to be exalted. We go back to the story of David. David was anointed to be king. And later on in the story, David was home doing the exact same job that he was doing before he was anointed. Could you imagine being anointed to be king and then going back to keep the sheep? And then his brothers were all fighting a war against the Philistines. And his father called David and he says, I want you to take this food to go and see about your brother's and to check on the ward see about them what he was telling David was i want you who was anointed to be the next king to go and serve your brothers it's easy for me to serve my father it's easy for me to serve my mother but when you have to serve your siblings quite often serving people that you're actually in competition with that's when it's a it's a test To see if you have the ability to serve in that capacity. At this moment when Jesse came to his son and he said, hey, I want you to take this food and go take it to your brothers and go bring me back a report of what was happening in the war. David had no idea that he was on his way to go and fight and to slay Goliath. David had no idea. It didn't matter that he was anointed. He had not yet killed Goliath. Killing Goliath was the thing that propelled him into the spotlight of the people that he would even be considered to be king by the people. But God had already anointed him to be king. Could you imagine if David would have answered the way that some of us might answer? Hey, Robert, I want you to go and take this and go serve your brothers. Be like, do you know who I am? I've been anointed to be king. They're going to be serving me. They said, Robert, I need you to go, and I need you to go serve your brothers. I'm a grown man. What do you mean go serve somebody? Somebody ought to be serving me. His answer to that question, to that request from his father, <laughs> there was so much that, 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 that came from that answer. Could you imagine if he would have taken a, a position of pride and not humbled himself? We might not be talking about King David. We not, might not be hearing all the great stories about David. So I'm so very grateful because, like I said, pride doesn't allow us to be in the right place at the right time to be exalted. But David was not too proud to serve his brothers, and he allowed himself to humble himself, to go and to be a servants. And he, God put him at the right place at the right time to slay the right giant, to propel him to be king. Let's keep reading. In verse number seven, it says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. It says, cast all of your anxieties. It says, it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the right time. Cast all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your cares on him. So what are, what, are, what are anxieties? What are, what are the, the weight and the heaviness of life? Give it to God. See, humility says I, can carry, I, I can't carry my anxieties all by myself. Humility says I, I can't do this by myself. While pride would say I can do it all by myself. Pride will say I'm not some charity case. Pride pride will say I'm holding the weight of the world, but I'm smiling, I'm lying, and I'm telling people that I'm okay because I want to look stronger than what I really am. That I'm not willing to ask for help, and especially not from God, especially not to say that I need God. I don't want to be some charity case. And what happens when you're walking around with the weight of the world and the anxiety and we're not able to cast those cares that it takes away all the peace. So point number three, pride takes away our peace. There are some things that pride is doing in our life and, and even as I'm speaking, you're like, wow, I see it now. Pride opposes God's power. Pride destroys people and pride des- takes away our peace. Pride takes away our peace i don't know about you but i need peace in my life and peace is not necessarily the absence of struggle peace is not the absence of chaos peace is not the absence of the storm but peace is when i can take the chaos and the storm and the struggle and cast them onto god why because i know that i cannot do this I can humble myself enough to look at all of my cares and worries and problems and say, I can't do this. I'm not going to be a fool and stand here and be prideful and act like I don't need help. God, I need help. Take all of this. Take it away. The verse says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Listen to this. Because he cares for you. God Cares for you and me. His desire is for you and me. His desire that we would humble ourselves, which means recognize that we need Him, humble ourselves that His mighty hand of authority, that His mighty hand of protection, that His mighty hand of provision would be on our lives. Why? So that He would be watching over us, fighting our battles, keeping the enemies at bay. Why? So that we could come with all of our anxieties and troubles and cast them on him so that we could rest in his arms. I don't know about you, but I want peace and I want rest and I want to be able to rest in the arms of God. Point number four, pride robs us from experiencing God's care. Pride. Pride is robbing you right now from experiencing the care of God, the, 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 the love of God, the forgiveness of God, because God opposes the proud. And he wants you to deal with that issue. He wants you to deal with that pride issue. God wants to care for us. Being under his hand means being under protection, means being provided for. And I'm here to tell you that when pride opposes God's power and when pride destroys people and when pride takes away our peace and when pride robs us from experiencing God's care, we should join God in hating our pride. That you got to look in the mirror sometimes and just do a self-check and self-evaluation to be honest with who you are. You got to open up and be, be, be vulnerable and see who you are. That, that, that's, that's it right there. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't, we don't, we don't want to seem weak. So pride makes us stick out our chest when we have nothing to stick out our chest about. When we're pride, we don't want to serve like David served. So when we're pride, we don't even serve our spouse. So we raise children who never saw serving, who don't know how to serve. And then we send them out into the world and they don't know how to serve and they don't know how to bring value. It's a trickle effect. Our pride is destroying the generations and generation after generation. And now we live in a prideful world that's not even a shame of their pride. They don't even try to hide it. They wear it as a badge of honor. And the Bible clearly lets us know that God does not like our pride. I'm so glad that we don't serve a prideful God. But Jesus, he humbled himself and he came down to become man so that we could have eternal life. The Bible says he humbled himself and became a servant and even humbled himself again because he who knew no sin became sin for me and you. So talk about a perfect example of humility, and not just an example of humility, but he died for the cross for you, on the cross for you and me. He died for our sins so that we can have eternal life. He died for us as believers so that we could be free from all sins, including pride. And we want to get pride completely out of our lives. We do not want this to be a part of our families, to be a part of our homes, on our jobs, and we really don't want it to be a part of our church and our ministry and the way that we view serving God. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.